Hello, sexy nerds of the Nerd Imperium. Welcome to this week's episode of the Currently Nerdy Podcast. We are your inner conclave of nerd. And my name is Diz, and I am your pop culture and sports nerd, Ali. I am a Leo Classic Nerd. And I'll be your comic nerd. Alright, guys, so I hate to do this because I don't like being in a somber mood, but um, I just, you know, last week, right before Thanksgiving and after we recorded, uh, one of my friends that I worked with by the name of Jeremy Washington unfortunately got into a motorcycle accident and passed away. Close by. Close by, yeah. To where we recorded. Um, to where we recorded. And um, it's a, it always sucks, like, losing somebody that, like, you know, you, that you know. But it, it's when it's untimely and he was very young. He was 38 years mm-hmm. old, so he's still, like, in the prime of his life. Um, that that hits a little harder. And it, it hits close to home because Jeremy was a really nice guy. Like, he... Every room he was in, he made better. He always came in there with a smile on his face. Mm-hmm. He always knew how to, to brighten everyone's mood. Um, his character showed to me last year when, when I got a promotion at work. Jeremy and I weren't that close, but he went out of his way to, to call me and congratulate me, tell me that I was going to do a great job at it, and if I needed anything, that I could always turn to him. Um, so... It, this one hit a little hard for me and uh, my close to home yeah it, it was close to home and, and it hit me pretty hard last week but my prayers are with this family um, condolences yeah, to condolences family. to his family hopefully uh they could they have the patience and are able to yeah. you know pass this in time so jeremy you're in our prayers and you know i love you bro um, it's been 2018 has been a bit of a, yeah, it's been a, 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 been a sad year for sad sad year for de- especially the, the kind of the way it seems to be ending Mm. is with deaths and very tragic deaths mm-hmm. of, of figures that are associated with people's childhood. I mean, we just last week we were talking Stanley. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And then Which, this week we have the creator of SpongeBob. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember the first time like I watched SpongeBob. So I was like in the fifth grade. It was like, yeah, it was, we were watching, I was watching the kids choice awards mm-hmm. on, um, on Nickelodeon. Right. Um, because I was I was a dork, and even back then I liked award shows because they would slime people at the kids' choice. I award. never watched those award shows. No, I I made sure so it was a Sunday night. I remember watching it in my uh, kitchen television. Mm. Right, we had a TV in our kitchen for some reason, mm. but uh, I remember SpongeBob came on after, and like they kept hyping it all week. Like, make sure after the kids' choice awards you watch SpongeBob SquarePants. And I was like, what the fuck is a SpongeBob SquarePants? Right, like. Yeah, it's a bizarre <laughs> premise. What the fuck kind of name is this? Like, even as a kid, I'm like, that's a weird it's ass a name. Weird SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah. Like, okay, I mean, it's logical. And then it's, it's like, sponge. yeah. Uh, it's we should also mention, given that we're talking about him, that the creator's name is Steven Hillenberg. Yeah, yeah did we yeah. not mention his we name? We didn't mention his name. Good yeah. Lord. <laughs> yeah. Shame on that. That was your, that was literally your one job. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Sorry. One job. <laughs> my fault. That, that's on me. So, I, I like, I remember as a kid, I was just like, what the fuck is this? Oh, who lives in the pineapple under the sea? SpongeBob. That came yeah, it's on. It's a very catchy and I was like, opening tune. And here's the weird thing. Here's why I remember SpongeBob so vi- vividly. Yeah. Because the day before, I bought magical seahorses from Ross. You know the little seahorses that you're supposed to put the powder in the water. So the sea monkeys, sea monkeys, whatever. Yeah. It was because you, co- you could buy seahorses. Oh, but yeah, like no. the little seahorses. Yeah, no, yeah. about the sea monkeys. The sea monkeys. So yeah. it was very coincidental. The day before, I buy the sea monkeys. That was a scam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, was it came out around the pet rock time. Pet rock, pet rock. But I bought the sea monkeys, and then SpongeBob came on. So that's why I remember SpongeBob. But the great thing about SpongeBob was, I remember as a like when I was a kid, I enjoyed it, right? Mm. And then like I got older and I was like, oh, you can't watch Nickelodeon because Nickelodeon ain't cool. Mm. And then I became like 15, 16. I was like, I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna like I got bored. I started watching Nickelodeon. SpongeBob came on again, and I hadn't watched it for years. And I found myself actually enjoying it, like because I try to rewatch episodes of Rugrats and stuff. And like mm-hmm. getting older, it doesn't like it doesn't. You know, the grandpa was cool because you're mm-hmm. like, oh, all right. I, kind of dig the grandpa he was watching porn in one of the episodes like but was he really yeah he was watching porn they're like space vixens or some shit he's like this one's for me later <laughs> like he had a video he had two videos one for the kids and one for himself wait, wait which episode was this <laughs> i forgot but he's like he's like babysitting the kids it's just him and the kids and he's got two vhs's and one's got like one space vixens volume eight and the other is something else wait, what show is this <laughs> this is rugrats i don't remember <laughs> yeah, that yeah but so the grandpa was dope mm-hmm. in Rugrats, but um, 
I was watching Spongebob and I'm like this show like is I'm actually laughing at this humor you know how old were you I was like 16 17 and I'm like I like I actually found it funny like Mer- uh, Merman and Barnacle Boy were hilarious to me like these fucking retired like old superheroes um Patrick was hilarious because he was like Plankton yeah pl- uh, Plankton was amazing Squidward was like Plankton was funny because he was a short little guy so it reminded me of me he had like a little Napoleon complex he's not sure he's He's just small. I know, he's a small little guy. It reminded me of me. Squidward is me when I'm grumpy, right? But he's more you. No, actually, if I had to describe him, you're Squidward. <laughs> you're the Squidward of our group. I'm the Patrick. I was about to say, I'm, not, I'm like... You're curm- a snail. I'm curmudgeonly, but... You're I'm, not as curmudgeonly uh, as But him. I'm lovably curmudgeon- uh, curmudgeonly. Mustafa was Mr. Krabs. That's fucked up. That's true. It was his name in college, actually. Corporatist, is that why? Yeah, and he's nickel and diamond. That's so messed up. Wow. That's messed up. Poor guy. He's a genuinely nice guy. He lives in communist Sweden. Wow. Fair enough. You know what's actually so... Steven Hillenberg, he's actually a local boy. He's Anaheim. Correct? Yes, yeah. yes, this and, is true. And he was, uh, you know, he was a he was an educator in the marine sciences. That's how it kind of whole started for yeah, him. And interesting. He had a, he had done a, a comic book in 1989 that was uh, kind of like roughly based on this stuff. Um, it kind of added after Rocco's Modern Life had gotten canceled. Mm-hmm. It kind of added the magic of I think Tom Kenny or whatever the name is, mm-hmm. um, kind of came in and created this thing. And the idea being that he wanted to teach people about marine biology but it kind of went off the skids right and um what i think is is just crazy about it is that i mean the show itself came out i think 98 99 so we were in middle school when it when it came out and uh i didn't like i really didn't get into it that much but it became like one of those things where everyone knew about that damn show like spongebob square plant was a cultural phenomenon yeah like it was one of those shows that like you know how Chappelle's show was like that in high yeah, school yeah. like everybody quoted Chappelle's yeah, I'm Rick show James, bitch. in high school everyone quoted Spongebob Squarepants but what's interesting is that the internet has given it like new life yeah I know it's like, the, it's, the memes the memes yeah. of, of, of Spongebob Squarepants like and I think part of this is the fact that the humor in Spongebob Squarepants both appeals to children yeah, but it is a lot of double entendres. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that's why when I watch it now, I still think adult, it's funny. A lot of, <laughs> like I watch like, it with my nephews. But so it's it's eminently memeable. Yeah, right. So like, there's this meme of of plankton and his his ass. Right, apparently mm-hmm. he's got a really big ass in uh-huh. comparison to his body. Yeah, and, and it's like someone licks him, uh-huh. but that meme of the tongue hitting plankton's ass uh-huh. it's like all over twitter yeah or like or the the weird eyed spongebob when he's like making a weird face yeah. or whatever there's yeah where he's like the chicken peck or yeah. whatever it is and then there's the caveman there's one there's a caveman mm-hmm. one even krabby patties are like a whole Bro, thing on the internet binge in with babish right one of my favorite youtube channels because yeah, I, I like food yeah. um He's got a lovely his, voice. His most pop, and you would probably love his head and everything. He's got your whole. Uh, like he looks like like what you would look like if you were a hipster in Brooklyn. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm slightly offended by that. But okay. <laughs> so yeah, look, look up Benjo and Babbage. It's hipster Brooklyn Ali. He's got tattoos. But his most requested like episode was the Krabby Patty. It was Krabby Patty? Yeah, like people like were obsessed with what a Krabby Patty was. Like, yeah, it just I mean, I, w- I was so too delicious. as a kid. I thought I thought Krabby Patty was crab meat. No, I made it into a patty, and I'm like, this just, motherfucker is selling <laughs> his children or something. <laughs> yeah, like, he's, no, his like, children, his child's a whale or whatever, or something like, like, <laughs> yeah. like this guy, Mr. Krabs, is selling crab meat. That's fucked up. But then when you look at it, it's like it's your burger. So it's yeah. like, okay, so it can't possibly be. Where the hell do they get ground beef? Where do they get ground beef? It's like from? it's like soy or something. I don't know, but it is. But it's it's that's a thing, right? One of the things about Spongebob Squarepants is that it did really become a cultural I don't consider myself a particularly religious watcher. I've seen like maybe three episodes. My I haven't life. seen a full episode of Spongebob I've, Squarepants I have ever. I like, like three episodes. Not yeah. a lot. I've seen a ton. I haven't seen a lot. Just because it's I think like I've seen most it's so all the episodes. weird. But there's no doubt that I know 90% of the references. Like yeah, you, it's... Right? Like, if someone yeah. talks about... You want to go jellyfish hunting? Everyone, when they say stuff about it, I'm, I know... It's just one of those things. You don't know how you know. Yeah. But you know about various components. You know about yeah. Patrick. Well, it's, it's, imagine how... 
Imagine how crazy society is when a talking sponge who wears pants becomes ubiquitous. Yeah, well, that's the power the things of, that we've done, right? That's like, the power of the meme, right? How yeah. memes endure and spread and go from well, social yeah, group now. to social group to social group. Yeah. The fact that I mean, memes don't just exist in the that's, internet. Memes predate the internet. Yeah, that's twenty years when, ago. When I say out. meme, you're thinking internet meme. Yeah, yeah. But meme is a, is a evolutionary concept, oh. right? Mm-hmm. And the idea is that it does and moves yeah. around. It's a, in some ways it has, uh, it's a kind of a, a J to gossip hmm. um, but yeah I mean a prime example of that what I am fascinated about is that I think for me Spongebob Squarepants represents a kind of middle cartoon show or a, a bridge between the 90s cartoons and the era of 2000 cartoons which I mean cartoons I'm talking about like Cartoon yeah, Network, I'm talking about. So like Ed, yeah. and Eddie and shit. What you see in the 90s is a particular type of cartoon. Yeah, we had Dexter's it, Laboratory. Dexter's, it's, you know, these John kind of story-driven, they're kind of kooky, they're kind of funny, but they've got like character. Okay? Yeah. They're rooted in character. Mm-hmm. Mojo Jojo. In the, tw- in the 21st century, the 2000s, the aughts, if you will, mm-hmm. cartoons take a decidedly surreal turn. They become even when we had surreal cartoons too. Yeah. Cat Dog and Rocco's Modern uh, Life and, and fucking Rin and Stimpy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the 2000s, the aunts really introduce a kind of a psychedelic era, almost LSD like type cartoon. Most of these spring, I mean, we could kind of kind of crudely refer to it as the ADD generation, right? And attention... It's fucked up. Well, you know, and I don't mean this in the, the kind of uh, uh, diagnostic term. What I mean mm-hmm. is in the actual sociological study that says attention spans are getting shorter. Oh, yeah. So yeah. This, is a, this is an actual study. 15 minutes used to be the average. We're now down to seven minutes. Holy shit. Yeah, this is how... this is Because in teaching, we talk about this, that they used to say... Every 15 minutes, every 15 to 30 minutes, you should change your medium. Uh-huh. So if you're doing PowerPoints, break the PowerPoint off with a clip, yeah. with music. Or if you're lecturing, break the lecture up with a quick discussion uh-huh. or a knowledge check. So we used to do this in kind of critical pedagogy. But Why the now, fuck are we doing an hour-long podcast, bro? But now, <laughs> you know, now we're, we're behind on the time. Yeah. We should introduct. This is a great episode of Crowley. Yeah. All right, guys, we'll, we'll see you next week. week. Now they tell us that it's like, no, you shouldn't be waiting 15 to 30 minutes. You should be doing it every seven minutes. Yeah. You should change your thing. So attention spans are getting shorter. What and as a result man? of that, I think the cartoons in many ways reflect that. I mean, Adventure Time is a... I remember the first time I watched Adventure Time, I thought I was tripping. I'm like, this yeah, must yeah. be what Shrooms is like. <laughs> this, is, yeah. this is the closest I've ever come yeah. to drugging to a drugging experience. This must be what Shrooms is like. <laughs> because I've never I've never done drugs. Yeah. I'm like, I presume this is what Shrooms is like mm-hmm. because I don't know what was going on. There's mm-hmm. a um so there's an old Simpsons episode from the nineties where they go to Japan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. And they talk about the cartoon uh cartoon that they watch in Japan that gives people epileptic seizures. <laughs> it's like Pokemon. Because, yeah, it's like it's all they're all like it's called like super robot fun time, right? Yeah. And it's literally, and everyone gets seizures by watching it, so they watch it. But there's actually, there was a study uh, several years ago by the University of Virginia where they, um, where they tested SpongeBob on like, on infants and toddlers. And they actually, when they, the the kind of the findings were, there was actually that like, um, that they actually had a a short term disruptions in mental function and attention spans due to the shot changes in SpongeBob's progress. So this is, this is what I was talking about. SpongeBob is that bridge. Mm-hmm. Right, so on one end, it represents a lot of the kind of character-driven cartoons that we saw in the '90s. Right, again, we had our fair share of crazy cartoons, but most of ours were rooted in a character or characters yeah. that you followed, even if there were the the cartoons were always a single arc. Yeah, yeah. cartoons followed all sorts of different. And you, and you knew one episode was about bullying. There's always one episode that had something to do about you know don't discriminate. Like, yeah, there's yeah. always an anti-drug one. So there's a lot of like. Some sports ones. Typical ones. But in general, or there's a musical one. Yeah. There's always a girl power one. Yeah. Right? There's mm-hmm. one where, like the girls go out crime fighting on their own or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in general, they were characters. Yeah. The new era of cartoons aren't necessarily character oriented. They're rooted in the kind of, of, of being experiential. They're more memeable, in other words. They're focused on creating bizarre memes. So um, they do things that you just kind of go, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. At least as an old hoagie. I'm like, I don't quite understand this, but 
Apparently, it's uh, what was that? The stupid cartoon, Uncle Grandpa, or something. Oh yeah. Like I don't like. Yeah. Is that like is that incest? Like what exactly is go- is that inbreeding? Yeah, what I don't is? Know, or even what like do you mean by that? Like I mean, Adult Swim, oddly, you know, because yeah, Adult yeah. Swim is actually meant for older older yeah, consumers. But no, they very much reflect that. But I mean, it, you look at something like Robot Chicken alone, yeah, which mm-hmm. they do like five second punchline clips and yeah. then they do like 15 second ones and they do the five yeah. it, there's never like a set time for this stuff and a lot of it's just like a big kind of big flashes and all sorts of stuff going on it's like a, it's almost like an overload of the senses well this is right? i think yeah. that is the kind of zeitgeist of, of the 2000s if, yeah. you, if you had to describe the cartoons as a, a sort of cultural experience within decades that would be what it is and spongebob represents the bridge that's the middle ground it's both that's why we watch it in the 2000s yeah. and we meme it. But it's also why the older generation, the older millennials, but, like us, yeah. watched it as regular cartoons. Yeah, too. because but we also grew up in an era of kablam and stuff. And that, yeah, we that, did. We had. Yeah. And look, the thing is, Prometheus and Bob. It's not. It's not that that the these cartoons. There's a strict line. Yeah. 1999 happened, and then 2000. Boom. The crazy stuff. <laughs> no, there's plenty of crazy things yeah. before. The difference is the frequency, the number. And, and the intensity of them. I can right? get behind so like, that. Yeah, we had our fair share of them, but in general, right, we're talking in generalities, there was a difference between the 90s cartoons and the 2000s cartoons. I think to some extent, it's hard to say... Or do we have a position on which was better? I don't know if it's a game of what's better. I think it's just what you're, what you're looking for. Team uh, 90s, bitch. I'm a... I don't know if I'm Team '90s. I'm Team. Give me old cartoons. I want. I love the old. Are you gonna watch cartoons. fucking Popeye? No, not no, Popeye. Yeah, no, I like. I mean, Batman like, animated series. Yeah. It's '90s, uh, motherfucker. Yeah, that's what yeah. I want. I like that. I mean, even Tom, like the Tom and Jerry cartoons, when they're not being racist, are yeah. actually pretty yeah. good. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the Looney Tunes cartoons when they're not being racist, racist are also pretty good. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. but every cut. You know, I mean. Cartoons have controversies. They do. Yeah. I mean, you would you wouldn't think that SpongeBob did, but it had its fair share of interesting controversies as well. It did, right? Well, you know, I mean, I cannibalism. I okay, thought he was eating his children. No, I, that's <laughs> not a real controversy. That's a made up one in my head. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I've learned several things these these past several years. Um, number one, evangelicals. Um, they're good at. They're very good at two things. Voting. Um, War on Christmas. Yeah. They've. Uh, they've. They're, they seem to be really good about getting shot in islands while they're trying to spread the word of God. Um, in the North Sentinel Islands. <laughs> Am I allowed to laugh at that? And then, um, yeah. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> they're really good at shot by arrows by indigenous tribes. And they're also really good at ruining everyone's good time. Yeah. Right? And, um, and, and being hypocrites. Yeah, of course. Naturally. I mean, no one's proven them to be hypocrites more than Donald Trump. If there's any, if there's any, if there's any kind of service he's done to this country... Shown that it's proven that evangelicals are hypocrites. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, if you if you guys are familiar with the uh, the guy named James Dobson, yeah. uh, you know he's he's an evangelical guy. Yeah. He looks a lot like Orville Redenbacher if he yes, was he does. Really, if he was really bitter about not being able to own black people anymore. Mm. Right. That's like that's kind of really how he looks. You know what he reminds um, me yeah. of? He reminds me of uh, Pierce's dad. Who? Pierce's dad oh. from Community. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, are these your friends? Yeah. <laughs> Color people and the Jewesses, yeah, um, unseasonably tanned. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> you knew, you know, you were in rough waters when he, someone says Jewess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Holy shit! He actually said that. You know, that's the first time I've ever heard that word said out loud. I've read it. Yeah. I've never heard anyone say it out. It loud. doesn't roll off the tongue he particularly well. Yeah, appears his dad. He did it. And I went, oh. Oh, we're going there. Ivory wig, ivory wig. So this guy James James Dobson, right? He is a uh, he was part of this group called Focus on the Look Family, right? He looks like yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, so there's a video that came out, and it was a uh, you know the Sister Sledge song We Are Family, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's a it's it's an idea to promote diversity, right? And mm-hmm. it was all like it showed cartoons, children's cartoons, mm-hmm. and dancing and all this stuff. And it had, it had a SpongeBob clip in there, right? And he was um they they said that he. Was was uh, pro uh, as a pro tolerance he was pro homosexuality and they had a they, they they said spongebob they said spongebob is gay right like this this evangelical group and then of course the people created him in like <laughs> you're like what do you say to that yeah. right? you're accusing literally it's a sentient sponge with pants on yeah he's asexual yeah it's and, a sponge yeah yeah, <laughs> that's why it's all and even the even even you know uh, Steven Hillenberg was all like I've always considered him to be asexual I mean sea sponges are asexual yeah right so like you know and, and then eventually you know he I mean 
Dobson got complete shit for because it yeah. it's it's ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. And then of course he's kind of stepped back. Well, ever my my words are taken out of context. Yeah. Oh. Right. That's, a, that's always a fun one. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. But, but a part of it also stems from the fact that shows like SpongeBob SquarePants are always any type of new show mm-hmm. is always going to be met with skepticism by parents. Yeah. Right. Or at least especially very religious parents right there oh I mean, harry potter when it first came out oh, oh it's promoting witchcraft oh and yeah. the occult and pokemon <laughs> it's about it's about capturing demons and de- demonology and yeah like, yeah there what? was a there was a video that went viral for a little while this was in like the you know this is before mm-hmm. any social media happened but it was you know it was like when things went viral through email yeah there was these E-bombs people world. like when uh when yoga got popular right yeah um, and, thing. and then there was a video that was going around talking about how because yoga was a spiritual movement that yeah. it was blasphemous so this well, lady yoga is still a thing yeah uh, like anti-yoga movements are still on campus yeah so there's this lady i thought you said yogurt i'm like damn mm. people are upset about froyo this lady came out with this 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 like video set called praise moves mm. which is them doing these faux yoga moves in the praise of the lord jesus yeah, christ this is this yeah, is like, a, this is always a, a thing where it's like you have to this is how you could tell i mean there's a fantastic book like i said by under god under one under God, I think, uh-huh. written by uh, Kevin Cruz, it talks about evangelical Christianity in American evangelical Christianity is a corporate invention. Yeah, and so when it, most of the times the things that it sees as a threat, it sees as a corporate threat, and so its response is to a boycott it, b come out with something that will compete against it. So in this case, yoga. But they did the same thing with uh, comic books. How many Jesus comics oh, movies yeah. have come out? Yeah. I mean, there's 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 Bible Man. There's all sorts of like literally. Yeah. There's attempts to to kind of push back against the, oh, the cartoons are taking away from the Lord. Oh, yoga is taking away from the Lord. But I still see them on campus, too. It's like the guys with big old signs who's going to hell. Remember the old white couple? That's oh, that's saying Jesus Christ is my N word. Yeah, they wrapped it. Let's not say. But that's again because yeah. like oh we need to rebrand because yeah. it's a corporate rap music and hip hop is a corporate threat. Yeah. But there's a, they're still on campus. You see the guys who hold them, people who are going to hell. Oh, of course, yeah, and yeah. Usually like you know the the usual ones, right? Like Muslims are going to hell. Yeah, yeah. Muslims are going to hell. Muhammad was yeah. a pedophile. Uh, like all yeah. these people are going to witches are going to hell. Yeah. But then like amongst there, like, people who wear who do yoga, yeah. people who wear yoga pants, yeah, yeah. people who wear yoga pants. You know what my favorite one is in that signs though? I remember seeing this one. I see I remember distinctly because when I saw it I couldn't help but laugh. But it was the term dikes on bikes. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Dikes on bikes. They try to be clever, but it's like you gotta be a you gotta be a unique type of virgin to be angry at yoga pants. You gotta be weird to be mad at women on bikes. What the hell is wrong with you? Yeah, it is what it is. But of the cartoons, spin class. The nineties cartoons that like, and this is in the case of nineties cartoons. Like, Batman animated series was my favorite nineties cartoon. But my train of thought was that. Titans is an example for me. Teen Titans of a 2000s era cartoon. Oh, Teen Titans Go? Fantastic. Not to Great. It was amazing. amazing. Shut up. That's for me. Don't you dare speak it. <laughs> but Teen Titans was an example of a 2000s cartoon that had that same character-driven story. I bring this up because Titans of the Show has been getting some really interesting reviews. But before we talk about Titans of the Show, just a quick mm-hmm. rant because you said Teen, teen Titans Go. Uh-huh. And I want to state unequivocally that that show... Is an unmentionable show in this podcast. I enjoyed that show. Because fuck you, because Teen Titans was an amazing cartoon, funny, mm. kooky, crazy, dark, girls all at the same it. time, and then it was made into Teen Titans Go. Girls liked it. That's why, right? This, this is, is why I canceled. The, the worst is that they had Young Justice. Oh, yeah, Justice. Young Justice. So all women liked it. Well, women aren't gonna buy buy shit. So yeah. We're gonna, gonna buy, buy things. Nerd memorabilia. So we're not gonna. This is a rumor, by the way. And is that are fully confirmed by you know for a fact? Yeah. Fucking some dickwad executive Ali, who was like that. Ali over here spreading rumors. I fucking hate them. But I hate also hate the fact that they changed Teen Titans. I'm just gonna put that out there. Anyways, what they've done now is they've adapted. Teen Titans into Titans the TV show mm-hmm. and it's been getting some interesting reviews yeah man uh, IMDB ranks it 8.3 out of 10 it's not done yet I mean Eight, yeah. episode like 8 or some shit like that 84% on Rotten Tomatoes so far and then TV.com so gives it time a to ruin it. 9.2 out of 10 this is a big deal 95% for of Google users like this TV it, show first of all it's a DEC right DC TV show mm-hmm. two I think it's on streaming. Is it CW? It is. Yeah, no, it's this. No, it's the DC Universe. Like streaming, streaming it's not on DC CW. Universe. Yeah, but originally exactly. it was supposed to be on CW. I don't think so. Because someone kept saying CW 
adaptation. It could have. I mean, they could have probably toyed with the idea okay. of it. It's on but Netflix the thing is, though, like the way mm-hmm. that the way that the show runs, there's no because CW has a very distinct. We talked about this. The yeah. CW has a very distinct style, right? Yeah. And that's why the flyoverse. It all looks like it's kind of in the same ilk. I mean, the, it's the same guy doing the music. It's you know the very yeah. same styles. This does not fit within yeah. the flare. Number one, it's not corny. No. It's not corny the way well, they flare. I mean, it has right some corny also. Not a lot. It's it much has darker, to be, right? But Here's, it wasn't. It wasn't CW. It was supposed to go to TNT. That's what it was. Right? Something there. It was some TV show. TNT in 2016, January 2016, said uh, that they will not be moving forward with the project. And then in April of 2017, um, it went to the DC like streaming. So, so they have good ratings. Okay. There's two things about this. One, this either means that the audience that it was exposed to was a DC audience. Uh-huh. Meaning that you really wanted to watch the show if you're going to go watch streaming. Yeah. So it's possible, that's one possible reason for why the reviews are as good as they are, right? Yeah. A bit of self-selecting going on there. Um, that said, it also means that it had to have been that good of a show for it to get reviews on a streaming service, first time launched, and so characteristically different from the cartoons. Here's the thing, right? Is I remember when this came out, right? Or when, like, first pictures came out of it, yeah. right? And, like, the trailer came out. I had a lot of friends, like, online... Who did it, who hated it. Who hated on it. They were yeah, talking about yeah. all this shit, like, way to go, DC, way to fuck everything up again. You guys always fuck everything up, blah, 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 right? Yeah. And then they posted pictures of Starfire the, the, and talking shit. The costumes shit. were a little, yeah. you know, cosplay. Okay. Outside, and I say that with all due respect to cosplay. Outside looking in, you're like, all right, maybe they're going a different way, but whatever, yeah. right? Like, I come from the 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 world of I'm not gonna judge it without like watching it first and seeing if it's actually I shitty. Feel, I feel no problem judging things. Before yeah, you're just, well, that's because that's yeah. who you are. You're, well, he does that. Yeah, he does for yeah. sure. Like you, you don't you don't eat seafood because you judge it. You made it. No, it's because that deal with Neptune that you yeah, made. Yeah, it's not a prejudging. Yeah, pre-judgment. This is that was a contract. This is a sacred oath with the deity of the ocean. Whatever, man. Mm. Either way, so it's funny because Very offensive. Look. <laughs> I remember to all the Neptune cultists out there. <laughs> One of the very first episodes that we did on the Currently Nerdy podcast was about Batflick. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And everyone was talking hella shit about Batman. Or I don't know. It wasn't the farrier. It was a farrier. One of no, the we first. talked about Kim Jong-un. Kim yeah, Jong-un was the first. Yeah. And then one. I said one, one of, of the earlier ones. I said one of the first earlier. ones. Earlier. It was in the first like 10 it episodes. It doesn't bro. matter. Go. Yeah. Why are you going to fucking bring... You're, but it was earlier. Yeah. Fuck you guys. Anyways, so one of our very first podcasts, we talk about Batflick and how people were talking shit about Ben Affleck they being were. Batman, right? He was the only saving grace of that fucking movie. Yeah. He it came out wonderfully. And prior to that, when Heath Ledger was fucking a Joker, they're like, oh, now I'm going to picture Joker sucking Jake Gyllenhaal's dick or some shit. Because he was in Brokeback Mountain. Probably. Jesus Christ. No one said that. That was you. one of the reviews. <laughs> <laughs> the one, like, the been, did you write it? No. You can't quote yourself. I know. I never watched Brokeback Mountain. Shit that you read anonymously. Yeah. You can't then quote back to us. I didn't, I didn't say anything bad yeah, about but it. This is a, I didn't have comic no. book nerds in general are horribly unforgiving with their casting choices. I disagree with their with the casting stuff. I never had an issue with the way that they cast Titans. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. I will say that it is taking me a little bit. I only watched a, a couple clips of it on YouTube. It is taking me a little bit to get on board with the different kind of characters. So one of the things people were like, they didn't like Starfire's character first because they cast a black woman. Yeah, Starfire. I'm that right? already. I mean, you already know. Yeah, you already. Yeah, yeah. Just, That's oh, a, okay. like of John course. Boyega alone. Of black Stormtrooper. Of course, the nerds are gonna lose their fucking shit. Yeah, didn't have a problem with it whatsoever. Not a big fan of her costume at first. She had this kind of purplish getup, kind of with big hair. She kind of oddly looked like, like glamour girl type yeah. look, like a big stage singer. Didn't. But let me tell you, she can pull it off. Yeah. She can pull it off on the show. She looks gorgeous on the show. I just my only issue is that I've been I've been because I watched the cartoons for so long. Mm-hmm. I'm used to a particular Starfire. And that's a Starfire that is a kind of bubbly, giddy, endearing Starfire that is baffled and befuddled by our human ways. Yeah. Mm. I love that Starfire. That Starfire has a warm place in my heart. Yeah. Even the syntax that she has, right? It's yeah. like a very unique way of speaking. 
right? Uh, uh, what is of this movie to the go that you speak? Of? Like, it's a very yeah, interesting yeah, yeah. way that she, you know, she asks about things. What is this thing, the giving of the thanks that you celebrate? Yeah. Right. I love that about her. This is a much edgier Starfire, almost like a street hardened, mm-hmm. more kind of sarcastic and sardonic, and much more adult. Bad ass. She's bad, definitely badass. Don't Baby. get me wrong. But I'm, I'm having a hard time. With Cyborg's it. not in this one. Right? Cyborg's not in it. Beast Boy is really well done. Garfield, they do a good job, and even though he's not green. We'll huh. it's okay no, I'll let it go they've gone with a much darker Dick Grayson they've gone with the Nightwing Dick Grayson yes I heard but Jason Todd also has made an appearance in huh. this as the new Robin now they're everyone's leaning, favorite Robin they're, no <laughs> they're leaning very heavily on the whole like Dick Grayson has had a falling out with Batman yeah. And he's like, he's out of the Batman's good graces. Like, there's one time he goes to the Batman's safe house and he can't get the access code, so Jason Todd has to let him in, right? Like, there's oh, a, sure. they're leaning heavily on that. But I'm the other character that I'm a little bit uh, on is Raven. Uh, Again, Raven yeah, is one of my favorite. Like, there's a yeah. series, like, and they're all, they tend to be women. I really love strong female characters, right? I've talked Storm and Marvel. In the DC Universe, I was never a Wonder Woman fan. No. I loved Raven. Is it because she's a Zionist? It's because Wonder Woman was too... You know what she's she, she Boy Scout for you, no, motherfucker. No, she's too small. Wonder Woman was a Zionist, all right? No, I know. Actress that played. Know, that's why Wonder I said Woman, it. Yeah. Wonder Woman, the, car, the comic in its original as a pacifist fascinates me. Uh-huh. The Wonder Woman that kind of came onto the TV show sword Linda Carter, whatever. No, even Linda Carter's fine. The sword wielding the the new cartoons and the new movies. I'm not big on. She's just she's a dude's impression of what strong women look like. Uh, mm. Boobs, right? You know what I mean? On yes, a man, yeah. basically. Raven I loved. Love the emotional depth, the idea, the whole Merlin kind of arc of her being the child of a demon and kind of struggling with oh, that. Oh, yeah, That's you would. Really, really fantastically done. They made her emo in this, an emo little girl. She's young, right? Yeah. So she's Very young. I think she's the youngest of the cast. And she's, too. again, the actress, well done, just like Starfire's actress. The actors are doing such a good job, but because I have a particular impression of Raven in my head... I can't fully get on board with this one yet. Yeah, it takes time. I it feel takes like me time. because they are the characters themselves are iconic in their that's the in their personalities, that's the right? And that's that. a, you know I can tell you from all the conventions I've gone to and any of the DC Teen Titans like panels that I've been to. Yeah, right. Titans is a huge thing. Huge. Uh, the shipping of Robin and Starfire is probably yes. the biggest thing of, yes. of all of it, right? But like, it's also not a sh- just a ship. It's not a ship. It's actually happening. It's canon. They yeah, get yeah. married in the comic Yeah, right? they do. Yeah, and there, you know, and there's a whole thing. And the thing is, though, Beast Boy and Raven have a Beast whole Boy thing, and right? Raven. But the idea behind Beast My Boy man. is kind of a goofy character, and Raven is is you know is is kind of sardonic and dark and you know and dry, right? The idea being that she is trying to shield herself from her insecurities. Yeah, and it's her emotion. An, yeah, it's an important thing. So it's supposed to be that you juxtapose the two characters together right and it makes something really interesting and then Cyborg and Beast Boy are best friends yeah Teen Titans go my man Teen Titans go my man stop it I will turn your mic off to eat all the food (laughs) the thing is there's nothing the goofy funny stuff was in the original Teen Titans there was no reason to remake it other than to make it more colorful and bright for a I will say, audience. I will say, okay, so like Teen Titans Go, I've watched several episodes of Fucking it, right? If it wasn't the Teen Titans, if it was like a different cast of characters, I actually wouldn't mind it no, as I a would. daytime cartoon. You're a hater, bro. Right? I hate that Good shit. Show. Either way, show. right? I enjoy it. They Powerpuff Girl did. We already have the Powerpuff Girls. So, why can't we have more of the Powerpuff Girls? I'd want more. Just not making Teen Titans into Powerpuff Girls. Whatever, man. So... This Dick Grayson, I'm actually fascinated by because I feel like this is kind of, if you look at the way that they've interpreted him, I feel like this is almost the kind of what would happen to a regular human being. Yes. Over time, given that given that kind of call to action, right? Yes. I mean, there's only so many times where you can be that person who's defending against these threats yeah. before you get jaded, yeah. right? Before you begin to hate This is it. the cop. Right? Yeah. J- uh, so guy. he's a detective, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's that thing. Where it's like, I mean, actually, this is technically, this is an arc that a lot of people, when they write future Batman stories, yes. that goes into, right? So like, if you just read... White Knight just came out, Dark Knight, uh, White Knight, which is uh-huh. amazing. One about of the best Batman... One of the best... Me. What? White Knight. You do White Knight a lot. Fuck you. 
Wait. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Sorry. You know, um, not everything is about you, Diz. I you need to stop. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't say, "Hey, V said he was fascinated by dick." You know, really. You've been holding it in. Like, <laughs> the fact that I knew he was thinking it. I know. I could feel it like throbbing on the side. I knew like he's going. Head. He's holding it in. He's yeah, holding it in. And then he's like, and then he manages to say it while complimenting himself about <laughs> not saying yeah. it. He complimented his restraint. Oh, V. What do we deal with? Listen, I appreciate your your non contribution to this to this show every single week. Thank you, man. I appreciate but that. If too. you could, um, if you ever read Tell Batman, yeah. you ever read Batman White Knight, it really shows what happens when when Batman gets so far into what he's doing that he no yeah. longer can restrain himself anymore, right? Because yeah. technically he's a psychopath who happens to have yeah. you know who who happens to have a coat. Yeah. If Batman right? was black, they would have arrested his ass. Way back in the day. Yeah, yeah. sure. Would, yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't have been running with a shot. Yeah. yeah. Motherfucker's rich and white. That's why he gets away with all this it's shit. It's yeah, I know. It's, yeah, it's only vigilanteism when you have the pigmentation for yeah. it, or the lack of pigmentation yeah, for it, right? You don't see no black vigilantes. You, you do, just, but they generally are in the, the cartoon worlds. They don't. They don't. They they're get not shot multi- by the police. They're not multimillionaires, <laughs> and they're not you know friends of the police. Yeah, yeah they're definitely not. <laughs> no, that's yeah. damn true. Even the ones that are trying to save people get shot. Yeah, but that's beside the point, yeah. right? No, no. With Dick Grayson, there's a point you see it where he, you can tell that he is, that part of him is beginning to, to die. And the kind of the, the darker sides of that, right? The point where you, you fight enough monsters, you become one yourself, yeah. right? Is is really showing in this show. And uh, the one of the latest episodes is a perfect example. Spoiler alert, there's one where he literally condemns a whole hospital to death. Where he tells he they they unhook the gas mm. and he tells he tells Starfire to blow the fucking building up and doesn't they don't save anyone from the building, mm. you know they literally blow the whole thing. There's doctors in there, there's patients in there, there's people in there, but they got captured, they got put in this area, they were tortured, they were experimented mm. on, and they were then they went through that whole you know it's a standard yeah. show thing where they're all separated, they they're get together and they break out. Yeah. But rather than being like, well, we need to save these people, or we need to let everyone yeah. out to escape, they destroy the fucking building. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. This Dick Grayson is quite interesting, because this is a Dick Grayson that for uh, was Robin. Nightwing now. Uh, what? He's turning into Nightwing, Yeah, but right? he was Robin for a long time. Uh-huh. And part of the whole story arc of uh, Dick Grayson for us falling out is the idea of Robin himself. Huh. Robin is not just a partner yeah. for Batman. He is a distraction. Yeah. There's a reason the he's colorful. Mm-hmm. Look, and they even say it in the show. Look at me. Bad guy comes look at, at them. Then Batman can swoop in and knock everyone else from the shadows. Oh, he's all green, right? And red so in other words, he draws the fire. Yeah. Right. So Dick Grayson is struggling with that type of experience for several years. The manipulation from that. But he's a guy who then tr- tries to take that and go mainstream. Hence, why he becomes a detective. detective yeah. Right. He's like, I'm gonna crime fight, but I can no longer do it. That way. Mm-hmm. So this way they set this up is not just an emotional turmoil. It's okay. fundamentally an identity struggle. Hmm. Who am I as a crime fighter? Am I a detective? Or am I a criminal acting outside the law in order to deal with other criminals? Yeah. And right? he's a teenager, right? And he's no, he's older. older than all of yeah. If he's a detective, he's old. Him yeah. and Starfire are in their 20s. Okay. The other two are young. Okay. So it goes Dick Grayson, Starfire, uh-huh. Beast Boy, who's like probably 17 or 18, uh-huh. and then little girl Raven, who who's called Rachel in this one, uh-huh. uh, who's I think like 15, 14. So she's very young. Okay. Um, so that's how, the, how it works. So they, they, there's this kind of, they're already setting up Starfire and Robin to be kind of surrogate parents, if uh-huh. you will. No, that's why they don't call it Teen Titans, I guess. Uh, no, that's why they're called Titans. Yeah, makes sense, um, And And that's, that's fine if they want to go that route it's just whenever whenever you go that route you mm-hmm. have to be willing to dig down into the kind of emotional turmoil that you're, you're setting up in the story arc and I think this is where the show does well even though I've had some hesitations with the characters I think you're pointing you're pointing out something quite interesting that I think DC is doing and that is that they're trying to dig down in the emotional turmoil push yeah Raven's got these kind of weird demonic shadowy powers but it's more than that she's literally asking herself if she's evil yeah right there's a scene where she she kills somebody uh-huh. and there's another scene where Beast Boy again spoiler Beast Boy goes 
well, he's like, oh, he transforms into a tiger. They're kind of showing off their powers to each other. He turns mm-hmm. into a tiger, and the guy and Dick Grayson goes, oh, well, have you eaten anyone? I've never even bitten anyone, right? The, yeah. Leaning on the, he's a vegetarian. Yeah. But then he ends up getting caged and kind of tortured. He kills the guy who does that to him. Oh, shit. Turns into a tiger and eats him. And then you could see him struggle. So it seems like they're setting up Beast Boy struggling with the beast side of him, the mm-hmm. fury, the animal side of him. Dick Grayson struggling with the criminal aspect of being Robin, mm-hmm. right? Now Nightwing. Yeah. And Rachel slash Raven struggling with evil. So they're they're leaning heavily on what DC does best. And that is explore the kind of darker psyche of humanity. Marvel but doesn't been, do it. But as they haven't well. been doing that. But like they it. haven't been doing that. Right. The comic books does this. Uh-huh. Marvel are much more about stories about superheroes. Uh-huh. They're about creating these kind of big heroic yeah. figures who also struggle. Uh-huh. Tony Stark, yeah, right? yeah, alcoholism. But DC has always leaned on the more psychological especially Speedy had a heroin addiction especially in the Batman universe yeah uh, the Batman universe is literally pathologies come to life yeah Yeah. well that's I mean that was if you act if you talk to guys like Grant Morrison that's that's kind of what they're I mean it doesn't it it doesn't always translate particularly well in terms of mental health yeah but that's kind of the whole point of the Batman universe the stigmatizing of mental health is a problem in it right but what they do is that the, the kind of juxtaposing or setting up the framework the struggle does really well I mean at the end of the day Batman and and Joker that's a struggle against himself Joker is what Batman can become yeah that's what the killing joke was that's about that's literally what the Joker yeah. is right. same, same thing with fucking Penguin right. Penguin is what rich corporatist billionaire yeah. who uses his, who lets greed rule him uh-huh. right so a lot of Batman is like and I, I don't think the DC cinematic universe has done that at all hasn't bothered in any way shape or form has any of the I mean yeah the Nolan flicks were cool yeah but they don't they don't explore anything they're crime fighting yeah um, and, but that, and then they also went I mean you kind of think about what happens when you have a suit kind of take over the storytelling, mm-hmm. you end up with things like Justice League, right? Horrible. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, the story is big bad. Go fight big bad. Throw in joke here. Yeah. Make funny reference. Good there. guy. Good guy wins. Big bad dies. Mm-hmm. Right. It doesn't work because that's not the way the universe is set up. Like the Justice yeah. League in the comic books. One of the first of all, it comes out of Justice Society of America, right? The yeah, yeah. earlier renditions of it has always been what happens when good guys get together to fight crime together. If criminals are organizing, why don't good guys organize? That's a that's the driving animating principle or question of it. Mm-hmm. But when it goes into Justice League, it then raises the question of power. Mm-hmm. What do you do when you have all that power? How do you check one another? And one of the things that the DC universe has always done really well on is, is raise that question. Goes, okay, a bunch of good guys are going to get together and create this super best friend league. Yeah. What happens when you go rogue? Yeah. And it's almost ba- always Batman who raises that question. He yeah. always goes, yeah. what ha- who is going to keep you fuckers in line? That's why he has his protocols, right? Yeah. The whole like series of, of, of plans on how to deal with, everyone, with everyone else. This is the question it raises. And how many times does the watchtower get destroyed? Because the watchtower is a symbol of gods from above watching below. Mm-hmm. DC does that. You go, okay, let's ask that question. Then you have this show, this movie come out, uh-huh. and it doesn't even question the fact that you have these super powerful beings that exist there yeah. in this universe. What happens when they fucking, all these nukes come together? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're just going to fight the good guy. Nowhere in the Justice League did they raise the question of the damage that's being done by these yeah. characters. Which you would think they would have hey. mentioned it because they talk about it in, is it... Batman v Superman, where they talk about the destruction that Superman yeah. did. In, no, no, in, and yeah, Batman v Superman, Batman v Superman, right? where they talk about the destruction yeah, that happens. Right? That. Yeah, yeah. it's just literally the most compelling part of that movie. Yeah, exactly. Actually, Batman's yeah. whole opposition is goes, look what you fucking did. Yeah, you know, um, although Batman didn't doesn't do much better to be honest. Like, yeah. But that, at least he raises the question. That, that story arc of like keeping like, hey, like what happens when you know you get all these yeah. people together and co- it reminds me of a movie that I don't think you've watched. But it was a good movie. Mm. It, it was it. It should have been on our top five movies for Marvel. Mm. But somebody fought to get it off of there. You better not fucking <laughs> say oh it. Oh my god! Uh, if you say it, I'll punch you in your throat. Have you heard of the movie? If you say Civil War, I'm gonna punch you <laughs> in your throat. Have you? Have you? Do you remember what Abraham Lincoln? Which war he <laughs> fought in? <laughs> he never fought in a war. He was, was president in during. <laughs> the problem with that movie. That movie raises the question. 
and then gives you completely illogical answers. That's yeah. why I hated that. It also, so I mean, it doesn't. It, I, I know, so if you just, if you were to read the Civil War comic, it. yeah. it's enough. not about that. It's yeah. registration. Yeah. Civil War comic, interesting though, because you mentioned you bring up Batman about his contingency. Yeah. The the reason what what ends up kind of creating the huge rift in the Civil War comic book is Iron Man's contingency. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because Iron Man creates a Thorbot. Yeah. Using Thor's DNA. And it kills somebody. And it kills Goliath. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Black so, Goliath. Yeah. Oh, he's only Goliath at that point, <laughs> right? Yeah. Black this Black is Black. what this is called. <laughs> yeah. Back before. Yeah. This is the mid two thousands. So like yeah. originally it's called Black Goliath. <laughs> yeah. yeah. People forget that. Yeah. Let's point it out. That's yeah, what they yeah. called it. Yeah. Racism. He, he dropped the Black Goliath part. Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ant Man. What I think is funny about like you know I mean it's not like he really wore much of a mask you knew he was black why'd you need to put it in the name you know <laughs> oh comic books but you know but that's neither here nor there um but that the, like the Tony Stark contingency was creating was and you know people guys like guys on Captain America's team were shocked by the fact that Tony Stark was so suspicious of people who were on the Avengers that he yeah. took their DNA samples yeah. much like the way that Elite takes everyone's hair so he could voodoo them later That's on in their really, life really racist right because <laughs> he said Black Goliath and voodoo in the same, <laughs> <laughs> same paragraph no he didn't I said Black Goliath he said Shh. voodoo he's different <laughs> I got your back feet don't forget this don't don't, <laughs> don't be so desperate yeah. later on. Don't be desperate when for I allies. need you. First of all, I've learned to forget everything that you say because it's, it's no yeah, worse. But I, like, son of a bitch, you know, like, <laughs> motherfucker doesn't have a loyal bone in his body. <laughs> like, the other thing is that the comic books of, of Marvel actually, d- in Civil War, does a pretty good job of exploring what is fundamentally a real issue today, right? And it's the question of discrimination. Mm-hmm. Registration is about it's a Nazi illusion. Yeah. Now, it's done, it's explained in a way that is very interesting. It's like, okay, I can understand the justifications for registration, not the justifications for Nazism, obviously, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. But you can understand, go, okay, superheroes need to register because it's weapons of mass destruction. It's almost kind of a gun control debate. Yes. Civil War doesn't do that in any way, shape, yeah, or form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's worse is that they, the logical steps that people stand, that people take, make no sense whatsoever. Yes, yeah, true. The only person that has, and I don't agree with him for the record, but the only person that makes sense is Tony Stark because his arc of struggling being a weapons manufacturer and dealing with accountability is consistent. Captain America, the goody two-shoes, literally works for, has no issues, oh yeah, some issues, but in general, has no issues working for a super secret agency, global clandestine spy agency. But when the UN goes, Maybe we should have a committee. Oh, now we're going to have a committee? Motherfucker, mm. you've been working for a committee for years and you didn't have a problem. Yeah, I know. I mean, he also let them inject him with some fucking yeah, super okay. drugs. So, I mean, besides, know, like, besides this, am I the only one has, as I've are. been getting older uh-huh. who's starting to <laughs> dislike Batman more and more? I don't dislike Batman. I've, I think Batman's a really cool character. Yeah. I think Batman is a problematic character. Yeah, right? but so that's yeah. why you appreciate Batman. Yeah. But though. no, that's the thing. Is like, so now but here's we, the thing. The reason why Batman gets away with it is because he knows he's not a good guy. Man, Batman so. is the first person to go, I'm not a good guy. He recognizes his, his starting to annoy me. But there is a lot of his that you just kind of go, well, and that's because they're being written by, within certain time periods, by certain characters. Batman has weirdly this kind of Capitalist I don't like being dream. aware of things anymore. Any idea, the idea that that a billionaire is going to do the right thing, I right? Like, come on, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a Reagan-esque Look at, dream. Fucking hate I have you. to tell it's you, like, trickle, it's yeah. trickle down crime fighting. I'm talking. I, I talk about it a couple times already, but if, fucking pick up White Knight because yeah. it's literally it's it's Joker taking medication and becoming sane yeah. again, right? Oh, yeah, you talk about. And he changes his name to Jack. His name is Jack Napier, right? Yeah, and there's yeah. a whole thing. He he actually. Harley Quinn reforms too, like yeah, Harley yeah. Quinzel reforms, and like it's a whole thing where it's like his logical mind. They talk about the fact that the Joker is actually genius level intellect, but because he's so chaotic, he doesn't apply it the same he's way. He's fucking crazy. But when he becomes oh, Jack he become Napier, like a senator or some shit. Yeah, no, he, he he ends up running the city. Oh. But when he becomes Jack Napier, he's able to focus yeah. that genius, and he and he basically does this thing where he he pretty much beats Batman. Like Batman starts the comic book 
in jail, yeah. right? And the one thing that it brings up that I love is the fact that it brings up the accountability of Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. They're going, you're in charge of this shit, you right? You this yeah, vigilante. You, you literally have a call. You, you, give, you have a beeper for him, right? You have, a, yeah. you have a, a light that summons him when you need him. If you think like, about it, it's about yeah. privatizing crime fighting, yeah. right? Okay, you, when you privatize any type of crime fighting, that, which we kind of do in this country to a certain extent, privatize military forces, uh, contract, yeah. you know, the whole literally military that we send overseas to handle a bunch of the shit that we don't want to handle from Blackwater to whatnot, right? It's privatized military. We already got that issue. But when you do that, there is no accountability. Hmm. The government, as flawed and horrible and terrible as it is, there is a chain of accountability. And that accountability, at least in principle, is to who? Us, the people. Yeah. Right? You don't have that with a, with a company. You don't have that with a, that a is corporation. That's true, yeah. And then given... You don't given, have that yeah. with Batman. Given the way our society works, too, we also kind of go, well, they're not a regular... They're just doing business, right? So we kind of give yeah. them carte blanche we with the things that they do. This, yeah. is, this has always been kind of Batman's issue. And then the other kind of component being that Batman literally is a rich guy going into the poor slums beating up mentally ill patients. Right? Did see, this is why... That's a problem. I'm starting to... I don't dislike... I blame you for it. These are... I've made you woke. Yeah, fuck yeah. you. The, the, the reality is that these components are there and they're part of the histories of Batman because they were written within a particular time period, within a t- particular framework by particular writers. But as Batman has grown, Batman becomes self-aware of that. So other authors talk about these things. So you start to shift to seeing the type of criminals that he fights. For example, I think the uh, Court of Owls story arc yeah. is, an, is a way to move away from that. This Court of Owls is Batman fighting... Yeah, Batman like, Circle. It's like the intelligentsia the and like the rich, rich, wealthy yeah. elite of yeah, of secret Gotham, society, not the poor. Yeah. So I think there's a lot that you see. Batman is starting to turn around, or at least become more self-critical of these kind of problematic components. Yeah. That said, this all kind of comes out of the Titans thing. I don't want to get too hopeful about it, but I think that even with my reservations in regards to the characters, that if they lean on these themes. If they're a comic book story arc that is aware of the kind of problematic elements that exist within the story, within the comic books, mm-hmm. if they lean more deeply on the psychological, social critique, the kind of uh, the psychic critique, if you will, that we find implicit in the Batman universe, which they seem to be doing, then I think Teen Titans can overshadow places, things like yeah. Flash and Arrow, because the DC universe cinematic universe is fucking bland and yeah. it's dying yeah, it's if titans can start to awaken dc to go let's le- let's do the stuff that marvel isn't doing what happens when a little boy is raised as a fucking vigilante for, de- for a decade yeah what does that do to his psyche that question is worth exploring in a story arc. We're seeing. I think this is a good sign. I think we see it also now. Marvel, the Marvel, not the cinematic universe, but with things like Cloak and Dagger, we're beginning to kind of yeah. see that swap, right? Yeah. And let's face it, in the reality of it all, right? If Bruce Bruce Wayne's don't exist in this world, no. right? If they did. They wouldn't be fighting crime in a vigilante suit. They'd be making fucking child coffins that look like dildos to save exactly soccer teams, yeah. right? They'd be sending shit. They'd be sending convertibles into fucking space, right? They don't. They don't sit there and do things that are the betterment for society. They do things to, for the betterment of their stroke, yeah. right? So, and that that is the unfortunate reality of it. But that's that's what makes it so good too, is because we get a chance to escape from a little while from the reality of it all. Yeah. Right. Well, I think we're gonna watch this space as it progresses. I mean, DC can obviously fuck it up but we're kind of excited for titans yeah hopefully it washes out the taste of uh teen titans go for everyone because teen titans go the cartoon the movie also is there right? a movie there's a movie oh. there's a teen titans cartoon movie oh nice yeah. dude uh, yeah go watch that how can you, i don't know how can you consume that for more than 20 minutes at a time wipe awesome. that out um in fact we should probably do a whole episode on like, how great it is Poke- D- detective pikachu detective pokemon yeah Teen Titans. Go. like let's we'll do wait a hold on but you're hating on detective pikachu no no hating on it but like we'll do a whole punch series you on the yeah. punch you on yeah. that. but before we end we should mention that uh, that uh, a trailer was released for artemis Fowl. ah yes it's about a magic yeah. chicken no not yeah i thought it was, i thought it was a greek chicken restaurant <laughs> this is a series that a lot of people have been excited about i mean it's been planned for probably almost the better part of a decade uh it's got delayed heavily because of the Weinstein company shit Mm. Um, but people have been very much it's one of the bigger book series out there in addition to Harry Potter Mm -hmm. Um, and so it it finally getting its chance to be on the big screen 
people are interested and the trailer looks interesting the yeah. trailer has Hello. piqued my curiosity old lady turning into a like an Asian elf not, not, I'm not fully on board with it yet I'm like oh, all right, no. we'll see so but big like, ass Cisco in there there's always a risk other than Harry Potter Harry Potter did really well it's always a risk when you make a series like this especially a young adult series uh, into a movie yeah uh, I I'm think this disappointed is... in you you said turning a book series into a movie you said a young adult series oh okay I was gonna say because Lord of the Rings yeah well yeah of course yeah, come on now yeah, yeah. But, I mean even that yeah. Lord of the Rings did well but Hobbit didn't yeah yeah. Well, I mean it did well financially yeah. I think the... this is the one thing we always be wary about is that I mean, for every Harry Potter, there was six or seven... Twilights. Yeah. Or, I mean, even then, Twilight made money, right? It Twilight did. And um, relatively faithful yeah. to the books. Yeah, Twilight, well, I mean... <laughs> my metaphor doesn't work yeah. here. I, I just hate Twilight. Yeah. Yeah. I just hate Twilight, but actually, the thing is relatively like, accurate, yeah. and it was commercially successful. <laughs> Fuck! I mean, it's really not that hard to... Yeah. You then screwed but, yourself. Okay, I mean, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna save you here, right? For every Harry Potter, there's a Percy Jackson. There's uh, uh, there, uh, yeah, but right? then there's also an Aragon. Oh god, right? there's um, there's bad. was it um. Oh, what the, there was a, there was another book series that just died mm. in the first. Oh, Narnia. Golden Compass. There's oh. another Golden there's Golden Compass. Compass right, like and there's like so. The Narnias were like all right. Yeah. Well, look, the first one was great, and then they just <laughs> yeah. teetered out. Of I don't remember any of that. They just <laughs> teetered out. Of they build these. They make these movies. Right with the intention of of assuming that they're going to have material for seven yeah. books or whatever it is. Right. So they already have the intentions, but they just don't know if it's going to catch. The problem or not. is yeah. that most of these series are. Fantasy series, Hunger right? Yeah. Or sci-fi. Hunger Games is an example of a successful one. They're usually sci-fi or they're or they're fantasy, and so they rely heavily on things like graphics and big storytelling, and that doesn't always translate well onto the screen. Yeah. One of the reasons why Lord of the Rings did so well is that it broke away from the kind of campy fantasy that people were used to. Mm-hmm. When you used to say fantasy movies, you thought things like Willow, you thought Dragon Slayer. Yeah. Fantasy nuts like myself love them, but mm-hmm. ordinary people watching is like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah, like, yeah. Why is this? Why is there a fairy in this movie? Like, yeah. they didn't quite get it. I'm more fantasy than I am sci-fi. Whereas it's, I'm a fantasy person myself. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the things that Lord of the Rings did is it went, okay, let's we're gonna make this big world, but we're gonna do it fucking well. He yeah. had a good budget. He had a big bag. We're gonna hire all of New Zealand. We're hire the whole country. <laughs> yeah. And it worked, right? Yeah. It made it reasonably. Uh, Harry Potter. Same thing. Half yeah. of Britain is in it, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's all, all sorts of people in, in Harry Potter as like backup characters. You don't realize, they're, holy shit, yeah. right? They're actually in there. They did fantasy when it's done well, when it has the money, and you take the time to build the story and world build simultaneously, mm-hmm. works well. The problem, however, is you have a fan base that is already committed to the world, uh-huh. the world building, right? Then you have another group of people that you have to convince that this world that you're yeah. presenting to them is intelligible, logical, yeah, yeah. and interesting. Yeah. That juggling act is very difficult to yeah. do. On one hand, if you lean too heavily on the books, yeah, you impress the book readers. Yeah, but they were going to watch it anyway. But like, it, like, it may not always translate to people yeah. outside of it. Beautiful Creatures is an example of this. Yeah. The, it was a wannabe... Twi- it's like Harry Potter meets Twilight, right? Uh-huh. Just didn't work. That world that they created made sense to the book readers, but to everyone else, we're like, what? Yeah, well, what the, I mean, Warcraft here? movies is another perfect Warcraft example is of that. another example. Because like, I had friends who loved... I mean, I have friends who I watch all the nerdy movies with. Yeah. he's not a big movie like a nerd movie but he likes the movies mm-hmm. right he's like I just he saw the trip for Warcraft he's like I know you would probably watch it but I just don't yeah. know what's I going could, on yeah, I like, I Warcraft people yeah. like the movie non-Warcraft people didn't yeah, I couldn't. because you can't get outside people to invest in that world yet and this is Artemis Fowl's tricky part because Artemis Fowl is a big world compared to a lot of the other kind of fantasies it's literally a separate world that exists underground with mm-hmm. elves and dwarves and magic and technology uh-huh. so that can come off as too campy too CGI mm-hmm. it needs to be done well, really definitely here's the thing V's boy Brett Kavanaugh is directing don't it. call him no, Brett Kavanaugh uh, number one Kenneth Brown that's yeah. really offensive <laughs> I know to, to, to <laughs> those of us who are fans of uh, oh my god I almost said Brett Kavanaugh <laughs> <laughs> I caught myself. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it worked. I almost, I almost said it. 
Yeah. It's like it's Rama, like, fans of it's like you know backwards. I'm not a 16 year old girl, so me and Brett Kavanaugh are not cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's yeah. not cool with me. Yeah, he wasn't cool with her either. But yeah. um, she wasn't cool with him. But, <laughs> but, but um, we are yeah. massive fans of Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. I love Kenneth Branagh with the exception of the year 1999. We're not gonna talk about it. Okay, shall not be named. Yeah. Right but we will say, favorite. in my favor, in my opinion. The best Thor was his Thor. Yeah, so Shakespearean. So I yeah, loved yeah. it. Well, yeah. that's the thing, right? So, Close thing to Thor that I mean, so, yeah, like a, without a doubt. Yeah. So what Branagh was trying to do is, it's it's taking a lot. It's it's good because Artemis founds a Disney, right? Mm-hmm. And Disney owns Marvel, so it's kind of like a mix of it where you're bringing Branagh in to, to yeah. do this um, because he did Thor. I just don't he, trust Disney. But he did a good job of of showing like he did. But my big worry is we're gonna get the we're gonna the John Carter treatment. I mean, I that's another example. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, you just can't get invested in that. But world. here's the thing: this movie's already made, right? And you have a director that you can trust I to make trust. a good movie. My fingers right? are crossed. So, he wants to explore the science in the magic aspect. Yeah, uh, this is interesting. I was reading an interview. I was watching an interview that he did, yeah. and he's trying to go more towards the Thor route of of bridging the science and the magic. Which the, the books does a good job. The books l- lean on the fact that yeah, these magical creatures exist, like elves. Who have certain magical abilities like healing and mesmering, but also are fucking technologically advanced. Because this is a technologically like, advanced. I had society. no idea mm. what Artemis Fowl was, and like, I didn't even know there was a trailer for it. And you're like, "Hey, Artemis Fowl, like, what the? F- Why is he talking about a chicken? Like, I thought, <laughs> I thought it was some new chicken movie. Like, legitimately thought, like, oh, okay, fucking dumbass. Fowl is chicken, is it not? It is. But you really think I was like, hey, watch this chicken movie? <laughs> I didn't know. I was like, maybe it's a comic book chicken that I've never heard about. Artemis Fowl would be like uh, what they would call KFC in Greece. Yeah, so. both of you are dumbasses. <laughs> no idea. Both of you genuinely dumbasses. So I looked at the trailer and then I, I was like. Okay, I'm not really like feeling this. Like, why does he want to talk about this? And I looked it up, and then I was like, okay, cool. Kenneth Branagh is directing it, so maybe I'll watch it just because of that. And then like I started reading, like, or watching the interview and him talking about how he wanted to bridge it towards like the more Thor route. I was like, okay, we'll we'll see. I mean, wrinkle in time. I don't know. People said they liked that. They liked it, but it was like yeah, it didn't impact the way that I think they expected it to. Yeah, Wrinkle of Time story wise is considered one of the best stories ever written. That's our childhood right there. Yeah, I'm I'm going to watch it. Artemis Fowl, no doubt, right? But it's also part of a series of books that emerged in the kind of 2000s that were that built on the Harry Potter world, right? That Mm -hmm. recognized that young adult literature was a thing. People believed that young adults didn't read. Uh-huh. That was the issue, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They thought that kids read, so you wrote kids' books, and adults read, so they wrote for adults. Young adults generally wasn't a big genre, or young adult romance, young adult sci-fi wasn't a big thing. All of that existed in the gamer world. There were it's called the gaming adjacent novels, so the Forgotten Realms, Dragonlance, those D and D esque books. Uh-huh. Harry Potter and Twilight changed the game. They said, no, these people will read if you make books for them. But what happened was that now you have these books that played onto that Harry Potter theme. It's like, okay, we'll talk about the chosen one. We'll talk about young adults. We'll put, we'll center their stories, but we'll put a twist on it. The Magician's Book is an example of this. Grossman's, uh, um, Lev Gro- I think it's Lev Grossman, whatever his name is. Grossman's book is anti-Harry Potter. Not anti is like against, but it takes all the tropes of Harry Potter and turns it on its head. What happens if the chosen one's an asshole? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> what happens if you have all this magic power, but you're not out there saving the world? You're just some selfish fucking yeah. teenager. I would argue that the the Potter the Potters in general are kind of assholes. Yeah. So, and it's not just Harry Potter. It was also like anti Narnia. They go to a magical world, but yeah. what happens if you go to that magical world and it's it's a fucked up place, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can get poisoned and you can get killed. And centaurs aren't magical beasts; they're assholes. <laughs> and yeah, okay, you can wish on a wishing well, but the wishing well is actually perverted. So it, it takes Narnia and it makes it more adult and twisted and whatnot. So that's an example. And Artemis foul to a certain extent is also a little bit of a critique of this artemis foul is not a good guy yeah artemis right. foul is a criminal yeah his dad was a crime boss and yeah. he took over his dad so you have this enterprise. interesting story arc it's like 12 of what right? happens if the main character is not a good guy he's not harry potter poor guy who finds out he's a hero yeah. what happens if he's a bad guy yeah an anti-hero 
and he's in this kind of magical yeah. world. So it does really good world building, but it has a very interesting kind of approach. Not a good guy, an anti-hero mm-hmm. as its main character. The Bartimaeus trilogy does it as well. Mm. The, the main character Nathaniel's not a good guy in it. He's just kind of a, he's kind of a prick. He's just kind of a prick. Yeah. So these these are kind of the, the genres that emerge. We'll see if they are successfully translated on screen to to date the only one that's been successfully translated is the magicians and it's on a sci-fi show yeah. mm. the only ones that done really well so but the other other than harry potter let's be real none of the young adult ones did so well other than hunger games yeah, yeah. i will say um if anyone is interested and in divergent lo- series and looking mm-hmm. at some uh you know some comics that kind of inspired the harry potter universe yeah. neil gaiman actually came out him and this other guy um, named John Bolton, who isn't the assholes in the no. White House, uh, British John Bolton, they came out this these um, kind of this miniseries called The Books of Magic. Yep. And uh, you should definitely check it out. It kind of came out in the early 90s, so it kind of predates Harry Potter a little bit, but you yeah. see a lot of the same... A lot of the same things that J.K. Rowling employs yeah. um, through Neil Gaiman, and yeah. Neil Gaiman is an amazing writer. So your boy. to be clear, yeah. to be clear, Harry Potter isn't inspired by Neil Gaiman. No, it's not. Right. It's and, not, and, and not the series. What what Harry Potter esque? What, what this series does, this is, is it reflects a particular genre of fantasy writing in the 90s that draws on real world myths and stories and whatnot yep. and then reworks them into a fantasy world so in this and no one has really mastered this the way Neil Gaiman has Neil Gaiman's stories all draw on some element of real world mythology yeah. from his uh, the Anasazi story I mean that's literally the West African spider god to uh, Sandman to the great all his books Lucifer draw even Lucifer right Lucifer, Lucifer. is uh, Lucifer is Mike Carey but it was based on the Lucifer from the Sandman novels. right who's in right. it yeah all of that is drawn from real world stories so this is why um, the, these books so relate so well to, to or these comics relate so well to Harry Potter because the 90s did this very clearly fantasy in the 90s was all about taking world myths and tying them in. it was the shift mm-hmm. go moving away from the Tolkien universe and into this kind of new era of, and it was not just the 90s, 90s and early 2000s, fantasy that drew in the real world. And that was also the birth of what becomes known as urban fantasy with yeah. the Butcher series and whatnot. Uh, Dresden Files, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are literally based in real cities um, like New York or Chicago yeah. or whatnot, but have a magical yeah. verse. Percy Jackson, another Percy perfect Jackson example. Is another example yeah. of that. You you want to understand Percy Jackson? You read these comics first by um, by Neil uh, Gaiman. Yeah. Same thing with the Bartimaeus series. Anyways, we're gonna end it here. A really good discussion, I think, uh, into the kind of world of uh, comic books and their adaptations and yep. books and their adaptations. We're going to continue the story arc as it develops. We're going to talk more about Artemis Fowl as we learn about it and Titans. Uh, we'll probably do a quick review of Sabrina also, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which is a comic book made into a 2010 comic book, if I'm not mistaken, made into a series. Netflix I just, just watched one episode of it and so far so good. Huh. So we'll, we'll discuss it further. But until then... Let us know what your thoughts are. Do you agree with me that Teen Titans was the best Titans and Teen Titans Go is a blasphemy? Or you, you been this, wa- Team Diz. Don't you dare. Uh, or have you been watching the Titans series? Let us know what you think. Diz is going to let you know how you can do that. Well, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash currently nerdy. On the tweets, at currently nerdy. On the Instagram, at currently nerdy. On the Tumblr, currently nerdy.tumblr.com. We're on YouTube, search currently nerdy, and you'll find our videos on there. We're also on Stitcher, Google Play, and the iTunes podcast app on your phones and on your iTunes. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe. Um, and if you want to get a hold of us individually, you can. V, how can I get a hold of you? Find me on Twitter and Instagram at VTRAN214. That's V-Y-T-R-A-N-214. Or on my website at thesandwichslayer.com or sevencrossroads.com. Elite. You can catch me on my website at alialomi.com or on uh, Instagram and Twitter at A-A-O-L-M-I. Or on my sister podcast, or our sister podcast, Head on History, which will be releasing either this week or next week, one of these weeks, depending on when I'm done with grading papers. Yeah, whenever the crescent moon shows up again <laughs> is when the Head on History will come back on. Diz, what about you? <laughs> you can find me everywhere at Dizbullah, D-I-Z-B-U-L-L-A-H. For everyone here at Curling Nerdy, thank you for tuning in, and remember, stay smart, sexy nerd. All the hands of the Nerdy Empires.